heaven record the sermon that Jesus Christ gave on the mount. He gathered, he went apart a little ways, and um, his disciples followed him and the multitude, and he went up onto the hillside, and he started speaking to them, and he was really addressing some issues regarding um, this is the way you think it ought to be, but this is the way it ought to be. And and he's really dealing throughout this with the, the heart of the Pharisees, religious people that um, seem to have things together, but God knew their heart and knew that wasn't the case. And so he's he's laid down a number of principles in Matthew 5, and six, and in Matthew seven, then he shifts gears a little bit to another topic. All throughout this, there's many different topics that he is is dealing with. And in Matthew chapter seven, verse one, we read, "Judge not, that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again." And why do you behold the mote that is in your brother's eye, but consider not the beam that is in thine own? Or how will you say to your brother, let me pull out the mote out of your eye, and behold, a beam is in your own? You hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy to to the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful that we have a standard in life. We're thankful that your ways are set and established, that you haven't come out with a a new order, a new plan. Lord, we rejoice that you have given us your spirit to guide us into truth. And and I do ask for your spirit's direction this morning. I plead your mercies that your word would would truly produce fruit in each of our lives. For we pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. The number one quoted Bible verse in our nation has been found to be Matthew 7, 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. Usually it's just the first two words that are quoted. Judge not. And often it is when someone um, is holding to a standard and someone is falling short that it says, well, judge not. Um, our main theme today is not really to deal with that in, in particular. The word that is used here is used often throughout the New Testament. And um, it is translated in various ways. Probably the most accurate way of translating what Jesus is saying here from the Greek, would be to say, stop criticizing. 
Who are you to criticize other people? That is the issue. But honestly, to bring it into reality, have you ever said to yourself, what is wrong with everybody? How many of you have ever said something along that line? I mean, good night. What in the world are they thinking? And we may have something that we've just observed or just seen. Or, or we, we think um, as we go through life, we can see it's, it's just everywhere you go, you can see things to criticize. I mean, it's easy. It's, um, it's natural. So when Jesus comes on the scene and he said, stop criticizing, this is a different sense of not judging. I mean, every day we make judgments. And he wrote, in Scripture of other passages, he said, Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to doctrine. Well, to mark someone and to notice that they're causing divisions contrary to doctrine, that means you would have had to judge. There, have, there has to be doctrinal distinctions. Um, we, people are marked by what they believe. And we are to make righteous judgments. But Jesus was dealing specifically with the continual criticisms of, in particular, the Pharisees. And essentially what he was doing is giving a command that um, says, stop criticizing. Sure, it's easy to look and everything around us may think, we may think, what is wrong? Doesn't anybody see that this needs to be this way? Or doesn't anybody see that, that this? And Jesus is dealing with a hard issue here. And he, he brings it full circle in the passage that we read. He says, imagine that you have a major um, foreign object in your eye. And you see your brother has a minor speck in his eye. He says, who are you to come to him and say, here, uh, I can't see very good, but let me pull this out of your eye. He says, first take care of what is in your eye. Then go and deal with your brother. And he brings it down to this, that he's dealing with this aspect of take care of things in your own life. Turn the focus to self. It is easy to criticize. This week, unless... Unless you're an angel in flesh, um, every one of us have probably criticized, probably already today, we've been critical of various things. 
Some of you may have said, we haven't even taken the offering. What's he doing? Messing up the order of service already. You know what I mean? But it's easy to criticize the government. It's easy to criticize people in authority. It's easy to criticize bosses. It's easy to criticize anyone. This this last week, I um, not to incriminate anybody. It's nobody here, but I don't want to give anybody a bad... I I went to a place of business. I ordered some things. I backed up my truck to load what I had ordered and uh, took the ticket. And and some of you are already thinking where this might be. Um, No, it wasn't Lockridge's, okay? I'll just tell you that, all right? So at any rate, gave it to them, and they brought the goods and just... And and normally, there were two guys there. Normally, there's just one, and so I help them normally. And they just threw it in the back of the truck like, ah, get out of here. And in my mind, my, I'm being honest, my mind was, gee, beneath. you could have said hi. I'm paying money. I mean, I didn't, as I went, you could have done it a little more decently, and I don't want to mess all over the back of my truck here. And it's like, I didn't dwell on it, but I'll admit to you, I had those thoughts. I was critical of them. And this is exactly what Jesus is talking about. I mean, it's, it's like shooting sitting ducks to be critical of politicians, isn't it? But how many of you have been that way already this morning? Come on, we did it in Sunday school class already, all right? But for sure this week, you know, we're, we're critical. And, and do you understand, this, is, this really gets into the spiritual warfare, and, and this gets us where, where God doesn't want us to be. And so I want you to think of it in this light. He's saying, stop being so critical. Stop criticizing. So we wanna we wanna go through, okay? That's easy to say. Stop doing it. But that's what we're gonna say. When you're tempted to criticize and be critical, and it might be about the weather, I'm not gonna say any more about the weather. I'm not gonna Say any more about the weather, okay? It might be about the weather. It might be about the economy. It might be about the politics. It might be about somebody you do business with. It, might, it most definitely probably involves somebody you live with. But it's easy to develop a critical spirit. And he's addressing his followers, and he said, stop being critical. So when you're tempted to criticize... This is very profound, but just stop. Literally, wait a minute. Before I let my thoughts go there, just a minute. Stop here a minute. And, and in this, it, it, before I speak it, before I let my thoughts go there, I just need to stop. I need to pull the reins. I need to step on the brakes. I need to do whatever I have to to stop this process, and this is going to be more difficult than you realize because 
the vast majority of us have just lived. We just notice what's wrong. That, that comes naturally. We notice what's wrong with other people. We notice, geez, they, that was sure stupid what they said. You know, we, we notice those things. We, it, it was stupid from our perspective. But at the same time, we need, to, we need to realize, wait a minute, I am in control of my thoughts, and I am to control my thoughts and my words. And so I need to stop, and then I need to confess my pride. Number one, I am not God I do not have the authority to criticize them. If God, they are God's responsibility. They belong to God, especially as another believer, but even not, they are the servant of the Lord. I do not have the authority to criticize, nor do I have all the facts. I am not qualified to criticize. We all think we're pretty qualified to criticize. Well, any idiot knows that was stupid. I don't have all the facts. John Wesley told the man that he, he, he told of a man that he had little respect for, because he considered him to be miserly and covetous. One day, when this person that Wesley had little respect for contributed only a small gift to a worthy charity, Wesley openly criticized him. After the incident, the man went privately to Wesley and told him, This man told Wesley that he had been living on parsnips and water for several weeks. He explained that before his conversion, he had run up many bills, and now by skimping on everything in his life and buying nothing for himself, he was paying off his creditors one at a time. He said, Christ has made me an honest man, and so with all these debts to pay, I can only give a few offerings above my tithes. He said, I have to settle things up with my neighbors and show them what the grace of God has done in my heart by paying off my debts. Needless to say, Wesley apologized to the man for criticizing him without knowing all the facts. You know what? I have no idea. The two guys helping me the other day may have just been told, hey, we've got to cut back and this is your last day on the job. Maybe one of them just found out. That his wife has, I have no idea what's going on in their life. And, and we can say, well, they ought to change. You know what? I don't have all the facts. I am not God. They don't answer to me. 
and this applies to any anything in your life and my life. I am not God. They don't answer to me, and I don't have all the facts. And my pride, I have work to do in my own life. As long as we are self-righteous and think that we're okay and never bother dealing with our own sin, there's no way we can help anyone else. Why? Because we're blind. It's the sin of subtle self-righteous criticism that is a plank in our eye that keeps us from helping anyone else. So I need to, you know, who am I to think that I can criticize this person because do I have all the facts? Do I know what they should be doing? Then I need to confess the wrong focus. Where's my focus? My focus is on what they should be doing. Can I do anything about what they should be doing? No. I can't change them. I can change me. I, I, I can't impact them in the sense that I can make them do anything. And that's exactly where Satan wants us to get the focus. We can sit around and complain about what they're doing in Washington and what they're doing in Des Moines and what they're doing at City Hall and what they're doing. And Satan says, this is great, man. They're just spinning their wheels. Because you know what? There's very little you can do about that. That's out of our control. But I can control my attitude. I can take the beam out of my own eye. And in in understanding, Satan wants to get our focus on that which we can't control. Criticism does nothing. My, My negative thoughts, I should have been focusing on me. Okay, what could I do to help them? I didn't, I didn't drive away, Lord, Bless them. Bring bring encouragement. I didn't pray for them. Why? My focus wasn't on what I should do. If my focus had been on me, okay, what am I, how am I supposed to respond to this? It'd been a whole different thing. Where my focus was, what did it produce? Nothing. Nothing good. It produced some other things. So I need to stop and confess my pride. You know, who am I to think I know all, all about this? I need to confess that I've had the wrong focus. I know what they ought to be doing. This is what they ought to be doing. And then, fourthly, I need to look at myself. You notice... He says, consider thine own eye. First cast the beam out of thine own eye. Then thou shalt see clearly to cast the mote out of thy brother's eye. 
In verse 3, he says, Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own? It's interesting. The word considerest not is the word, the same word that is used when Jesus said, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not. What he was asking them to do is stop and go meditate on the lilies and think about the lilies of the field when he used it in that sense. What he's saying to us is stop and take a look at your own heart and your own life. Consider your thoughts. Consider your heart, your plans, your desires, your actions, your relationships. I need to consider my passions, and I need to bring my life up and really consider it and learn from it what in my life needs to be changed. So he's saying, take a good look. Don't you see that you've got a spiritual problem here? Don't you see that you've got an ungodly, self-righteous attitude that makes you judgmental? and critical of other people. And once we turn the focus onto our heart, we find we have plenty of work to do. If we take an honest look at our heart, we will most definitely come to realize we have plenty of work to do because in Matthew chapter 15, he says, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, and murders, and adulteries, and covetousness, and so on. story is told of grandkids saw Grandpa sleeping on the couch, and they thought they'd pull a trick on him, and they got some old Limburger cheese and snuck up and smeared it on his mustache. He got up, and he woke up and he said, man, it stinks in here. And he walked out to the kitchen and he said, whoa, it stinks in here. And he walked outside to get some fresh air and he said, the whole world stinks. You know what? We think everybody's messed up because we've never taken the time to realize I'm messed up. And you know, just because we trust Jesus Christ to forgive our sins doesn't mean we have it all together. We're far from that. And all our life, spiritually, we are growing. We are to be growing. And all our life, he's pinpointing areas for us to work on. So in considering Consider the beam that is in your own eye. He's saying, stop and and find out what it is in your life. You want to do an act of courage? Ask people to share with you your blind spots, areas that they see. Now, if if you're going to do this, make sure that you're prepared going in that you're not going to defend yourself, you're not going to argue about it, you're just going to listen to it and, and say, thank you for sharing that with me. 
If you're serious about dealing with your own eye, your own heart, it's considering and comparing to Scripture. It's using the eyes of others to help us understand our blind spots. I just, I just believe this is of utmost importance to us because I believe in Christianity we've got where we're saying that's wrong and that's wrong and look at, oh, look what they're doing and look what they're... And God says, wait a minute. Let's start right here. Honestly. I believe, don't get me wrong, I believe that we ought to do what we can to de-plant, de-plan, defund Planned Parenthood. But you know what? Me sitting around and talking about it isn't doing anything. Look at the beam that they have in their eye. No, first cast the beam out of our eye. Do I love children? All these little rug rats running around here. Do I love children? What's my? Do I pray for um, people to be rescued? Am I involved in that? That's just one example. All these things, and every one of us have various things that we gripe about. First, deal with our own heart. You understand, I believe if we started practicing this, we'd see revival. We want revival. We want God to change them and change them and and change the president and change this. And God says, no, start here. It's easy to point out everybody else's mistake. And admittedly, there are things, there are things that are wrong. But the bottom line is, what is my responsibility with it? And lastly, leave it to God. There are things that you just need to say, God. I don't know the details, I don't know that, but I'm leaving it in your hands. Tonight, we're going to look along the same line how to respond to people in situations. But, it, but this is the first point. It's dealing with our own heart. God, show me my sin. God, change my heart. God, it's me. A practicing lawyer in 1842 loved to attack his opponents through scathing letters printed in newspapers. He wrote one such letter to the Springfield Journal in which he ridiculed the wrong man. James Shields did not take kindly to this anonymous writer who lampooned him in this newspaper. And Mr. Shields tracked down the attorney who had publicly embarrassed him and challenged him to a duel. The man was a writer, not a fighter.
but he could not get out of the duel without losing his honor. And he was given the choice of weapons, a sword or a pistol. He chose the sword in hopes of using his long arms to his advantage. He trained with a West Point graduate as he prepared to fight to the death. On the appointed day that he met Mr. Shields on the sandbar of the Mississippi River, at the last minute, their assistants intervened and convinced the men to stop the duel. The lawyer returned to his practice as a changed man. Never again did he openly criticize anyone. In fact, years later, when he heard his wife criticize the southern people of the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln said, don't criticize them. They are just what we would be under similar circumstances. You understand, President Lincoln came this close to death because of a critical spirit, but he learned from it. And never again did he openly criticize. You understand, think of the changes that would come in our lives and our families and our church, and our nation if we as Christians stopped having a critical spirit and really every time we saw something we say okay God what is it in my life what is it that you are trying to teach me as I said I believe Satan has us distracted in, in wasting time and energies and efforts in things that are out of our control, and we need to come back and take the beam out of our own eye. Confess our pride. Confess having the wrong focus. Look at ourselves and ask God to, to give us direction and insight on what we need to change and then leave what is out of our control in His hands. Heavenly Father, I pray that You would accomplish Your purposes in our lives. Lord, we don't have time and there's no way that I can properly make application to each of our lives, but that's the ministry of your Spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would accomplish your purposes in our lives as we consider the beam that is in our own eyes. Lord, I pray that you would bring a work of revival as we focus where you want us to focus. As we humble ourselves and acknowledge that we are not God, we are not you, we don't have all the facts, 
and that we have much in our own life that needs attention. Lord, thank you that we can trust you in this. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask Jason if he'd come and